This week on the Boag World Show, we discuss the importance of video and how to practically go about adding video content to your content marketing strategy. This week's show is sponsored by Resource Guru and Gather Content. Boag World, the podcast about all aspects of digital design, development and strategy. My name is Paul Boag. Joining me is my glamorous assistant, Marcus Lillington. That's how I'm now referring to you. I hope that's okay. That's quite appropriate for this week, really. Um, because you don't, all I can re- you don't feel I, you've I can got just sort of time. hand things over to you in a glamorous assistant kind of way. Yeah, you've got um, nothing to say on this subject at all of you. Um, well, I've got a couple of things, maybe, but they're not useful, either of them. <laughs> You've literally, <laughs> when you say either of them, you literally do have a couple of things, don't yeah, you? Yeah, literally. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I've made promotional videos in my time. Oh, have um, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about videos, by the way, dear listener. Yeah. Yes, videos. Because it's an important part of, of content marketing these days, increasingly so. And I still think a lot of people, I don't know what it's like with you and your clients, but I, I, a lot of my clients still shy away from video. What, making them themselves? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. they'll get, sometimes they'll pay someone to, to make them. But most of the time, they just avoid them entirely, I find. Well, there, there are many reasons for that. And I think it's a kind of shyness or i'm not you know i'm not cut out for this sort of thing Mm -hmm. and quite often that's true that is true yeah most (laughs) time Um, but i'm not necessarily even just talking about you know not everyone can be as charismatic and you know camera friendly as you and me marcus absolutely i mean Um, i was born for radio (laughs) but i do still do video well I, I, I don't, I'm humming and I'm going to say this. What the, I'm going to. Um, we do work for, um, for various clients, yeah. and quite a lot of those clients require um, that they have themselves on the website. And you do this great design, um, and that looks really elegant, and da-da-da-da, and then all their, their photos go in, and you go, hmm... Doesn't look quite so good anymore. <laughs> Are you implying but, you have ugly clients? Is that well, what you're saying? I'm just implying that some people aren't as photogenic as others. So Headscape now only wants to work with pretty people. But I mean, to be honest, the same applies for Headscape. It's got you know old, old grizzled people like me on it. Yeah, but you've got uh, you've got twinkly eyes. They said so. And never mind apparently. the buzzcocks when you were on. Do you that. know what that? That was 10 years ago. <gasps> and I realized, was it really? Yeah. And I realized that the, my, the, the, the picture I use on everything, you know, that it's on. Yeah. On what's the, what's well, the. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Uh, that was taken on the evening of that show. I've actually got my arm around Simon Amstel and I cut it out because it's a kind of good picture. And I think I really, really ought to update that to something, uh, you know, more appropriate. Is that your phone buzzing that I can hear? Oh, how annoying. That's my mum calling. Ah, say hello to mum. I think you should answer. Go on, answer. I've, I've, just, answer I've just declined. Oh, it. you've declined your mum. Mm. That is so rude. 
<laughs> Honestly. Well, yeah, you know, I'm a professional. <clears throat> well, if you were a professional, it wouldn't have gone off in the first place, would it? <laughs> well, I've turned my, I've turned the buzzer off on my phone and then it rings in via the blimmin' Mac. Oh, yeah, oh. of course. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm turning that off now. I yes. never thought of that. That's a good point. DND, do not disturb. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. So, Done. So, yeah, but, I mean, you've got a lot of experience of... Maybe you know not maybe the technical side of things, but you did a lo- you've done loads of interviews and things over the years. So surely you've got like intelligent things to say. What with regarding to putting uh, regard to putting videos together? Well, yeah, because well, what I'm thinking is, I mean, we're going to talk about different types of videos. We're going to talk about um, social videos, just the stuff that you post on social media. Um, kind of longer form videos um, and then we're going to talk about um, live video as well but for the longer form and the live videos you know some of that is interviews and mm, and yeah. questions and things like that and you've you know you've done a lot more than that than I have over your lifetime admittedly 160 billion years ago now but <laughs> yeah well that's what I was saying about promotional videos yeah I've done videos Paul they were a long time ago you you did you did pop videos <laughs> I did pop videos if you, proper videos guys if you have not seen any of Marcus's videos, just mm. Google um, Breathe and Hands to Heaven and things like that and look it up that's on not, YouTube. That's not the best one. The one I would advise if you want to see pictures of me. Um, looking stupid. Yeah, Top looking of the stupid. Pops. That was a good one. No, no, no. The, we did a video for a song called Say a Prayer. Right. Uh, and I've got the full long hair in that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Flowing locks in front of uh, a big fan. <gasps> Can't see the fan, obviously. No, but uh, your but hair's been blown. Oh, rock, rock star, you know. I've got to look that one up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my, uh, that would be my choice. Um, choice in terms of full embarrassment. embarrassment. Yeah. Yes. So uh, It was probably done in 1989. Wow. A long time ago. That is very long ago. So there you go. Your best days are behind you, Marcus. It's now just a yeah. slow drift towards death. <laughs> it's been like that for a long time, Paul. Yeah, that's very true. Um, okay, so we're talking about video. I've yes. already said the three types of video we're going to look at. We're going to look at social, longer form stuff and live video. Um, and the reason I wanted to cover video on this podcast um, or this season on content marketing is because it's become so, so important. Do you know that, that video content represents something like seventy four percent of all internet traffic? Which is that? Is that, is that just because it's sort of big fat stuff? Well, lots of... it occurred to me that that may well be it. I don't know. Mm. I wrote that stat down. You know that I obviously pulled out of my ass, <laughs> and then I, I couldn't make up my mind. Where I think let's go with let's go with the fact that seventy four percent of all HTTP requests. Our video because that sounds more impressive yeah go for that i, I mean, don't think it's true but well i i don't know because and the reason why i i'm not sure <laughs> is because when I, I i i sort of compared what's the best way to buy my new iphone yeah um and i went and had a chat with the people in the phone shop yeah at ee and they basically the, the sort of the the the, the kind of basic pass pack can't speak basic package mm. uh, that they were offering started off on 25 gigs of data wow and it's like 
And but you could for two if you sign up now you'll get a hundred gigs. This is a month for free. Uh, you know for the twenty five <gasps> thing, and it's like, but I've had a two gig uh, package for the last two years, and I've never gone over it. And it and it that includes driving from Barcelona to Almeria with Google Maps, you know, Google Maps shouting at me the whole way, all on four G, and that didn't go. That was like two hundred meg. So. How on earth can people use that much data? You can when you start doing video. You can. You can really. You my my um, son is on um, the three network here in the UK, um, mm. and the reason we picked it is not a great network, but it's because he he gets unlimited data because mm. he just streams YouTube the whole time and it just eats data like mad. But surely he would do that over Wi-Fi most of the time. oh yeah but i'm talking about when we go on holiday and stuff uh, okay fair enough so but yeah that, that but anyway that that's why i thought well it must be people watching video yeah i mean not, video not video is an enormous you know enormous thing in terms mm. of the amount of traffic also you know um a lot of consumers these days prefer to watch a video about a product than actually read about it four times as many apparently and and that, I'm certainly like that. So, you know, if I want to, let's say, if I'm looking at a new app or whatever, you know, mm. I'll always watch the video rather than read through the feature page, you know? Mm. You do have to put up with, like, an annoyingly cheery voice, though, and things like oh, that. Oh, and that tinkly music. Mm-hmm. The, the music that, you know, oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> so... I, I I will watch them, especially if you're trying to find out the features, because obviously a video is a good thing because it'll be showing you how something works. Yeah. If you're, if, is it something you're going to use on screen? And that's where I do have kind of some uh, experience of making videos because I do walkthrough videos all the time. Yeah. Nothing to do with content marketing, but they are, you know, the the idea of making something that's showing somebody how to do something yeah. or showing some work. Yeah. Then yeah. They're highly useful, and I guess there is a crossover when you talk about products. Do you do you uh, put yeah. tinkly music behind them? I don't. I did a. I, the only time I put tinkly music, I did play at it for a while, putting music because I just thought, well, that's what everyone else does. Um, but I, it upset me so much that I stopped. <laughs> the only time I do it now is when um, I've been doing a few videos um, for various sites on the build up to Christmas. You know, they all do these advent things. So I'll put annoying Christmas music behind it. And I've been doing green screen as well. That's been so much fun. So the snowflakes are falling behind me. I've got too much time on my hands. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I need to go and find these videos now. Uh, well, they're not live yet because we're not in Advent. It's not, not December yet. No. It? Well, it probably is when this one goes out. I don't maybe. know anymore. I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> no, it won't be quite, will it? Because it's oh I don't know it's gonna oh, oh, it's gonna be close. Don't. Let's have a look. No, this will come out on the thirtieth. Oh, okay, so last day of November. Last day of November. So um, and then the other stat that I found, which which mm-hmm. I quite like, was that using the word video in a subject line boosts the open rate by nineteen percent and the click through rate by sixty five percent. So people do like video. Mm-hmm. I, there were loads of these stats. I got bored with them in the end. And also, I, I'd never believe any of them. <laughs> I, but you're using them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is what happens, you see. And, and I've not quoted the sources of any of those stats, right? And so I might have just made them up, mightn't I? Mm. 93% of the, 
of all <laughs> conversions happen following watching a video of Paul Boag. Yeah, in my universe, in Boag world. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so <coughs> excuse me. So we got our three types of video. Let's. We're going to do social first, then we'll take a break. Do our sponsor, then we'll do the longer form stuff. Take a break. Talk to a sponsor. Then we'll look at live video at the end. Okay. Because all three, I think, should be a part of your content marketing strategy, not yours necessarily, Marcus. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at the moment, we're just trying to get you sending the occasional social media update. Let's not run before we can walk, eh? No, no. I'm, as I said last week, my, my first step is just to start reading more, which I'm doing. Slowly. Good, good. So, but social, you know, as you're doing social updates, Actually, they're a great place to include little bits of video. They conv- they do, all stats joking aside, they do perform considerably better if you use a bit of video within your social media updates. And I'm talking really, really short stuff, right? 30 seconds, you know, a minute and a half maximum. Um, really short, snappy little bits that grab people's attention. Um, and there's kind of all kinds of different ways you can do that. Um, there are free stock sites where you can just grab little bits of video. Um, uh, so for example, there's one called Vidiz, V-I-D-E-E-Z-Y. Vidizy. Vidizy. Oh, is that what they're saying? Vidizy? Vidizy.com. Yeah. That's stupid. There's a Y there, isn't there? Makes it Vidizy. Yeah. It's stupid. (laughs) Anyway, so what, what what would you have on a stock video that could have... Well, give me an example. I mean, yeah. Let's think of an example. Um, I mean, it, to be honest, actually, almost the, one of the best isn't actually from a stock video. So they're useful for another purpose we'll come on to later. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, even something like little animated GIFs, reaction shots, that kind of thing can be quite fun in social of media. Of course, yeah, right. So, yeah, some someone going, <gasps> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah all right, of that kind it, yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, then there's a tool that I've mentioned before on the show, which is really good, which is Adobe Spark. And I talked about that when I talked about imagery and how mm. it lets you create little infographic type imagery, which is really good to set, share on social media. But actually... That is also extremely good for um, uh, for video as well, which is it's, so it's a great little tool. It's very very impressive, I have to say, um, uh, for just just basically creating little montage videos. So you know, typography, still images, you know, kind of working a little bit of a montagey thing. Okay. So that's a very good tool. Um, for creating little short things so there you could do basically instead of um say if you were quoting somebody right and you were try you were sharing a quote on social media instead of just having that as a text quote or you know as a nice image what you could do is actually animate that text coming in right nice. so, so little animations then there's, um, have you ever seen those? They're all over the place. Um, those videos, they're often product demos where, and they're almost always the ones with the annoying tinkling music, where it has animated characters moving around, right? And, yes. and you know the kind of thing I mean? 
Yeah, all kind of scribbly pencil drawn things. Well, usually. there's those, yeah, but there's also um, the other ones that are are similar to that are they're they're more refined images. You know, hey, this is John. John goes to work, and John faces this problem, and our product solves this problem. Kind of videos as well. Okay. Now, those you can do with a tool called Go Animate goanimate.com where you can actually create these different scenes and stuff like that so that can be very good for those little short clippy videos that you use on social media what sort of what sort of cost are things like adobe spark adobe spark is free oh cool i know right how good's that go animate costs i don't know how much let's find out see what it costs (laughs) It, it was an I, I, I think it works out, his pricing works out a lot better if you're going to be using it regularly. Um, okay. So, oh, bloody hell, Go Animate's gone up a lot. <laughs> oh, screw that. There's cheaper versions, right? Just go. Uh, if you, See, I, I ask the incisive question. You do. Because, uh, of course, it was a while ago since I used them when they were so much cheaper. Um but if you type in alternatives go animate, you'll find it normally returns a load of different ones that do. Yeah, here we go. Very first result is the five best video animation uh, tools. Um, and there'll be, yeah, there's loads of them, and they'll be a hell of a lot cheaper because that is ridiculously expensive. Then minimum, oh, hang on, number of seats. Can I change it to one seat? Yeah, I can. One for one person to use it per uh, on a monthly basis is a hundred and fifty nine dollars. That's crap. Well, I guess if it's something if you did it all the time, then that would be reasonable. But if it's you use it once a month, yeah, it's expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, there are other tools. Um, but of course, the other thing you can do, which costs zero, is use your own mm. phone, which are getting better and better at this. I know. Right? I mean. <clears throat> I don't know what he, whether you've done much video with the with the iPhone X. I haven't got it yet. I think it's coming next week. Oh right, or it might even be the end of this week. But even I mean, even you know, go back a little bit. I mean, these things they they record four K video now, which is mm. more than enough to certainly for social stuff. You know, um, and doing social stuff online, you don't. You know what what we're talking about there is. You know, kind of silly things happening in the office. It's, you know, an event that you ran. It's, you know, um, showing, interviewing, doing a little clip of a developer working on something or, you know, or if you sell a physical product, showing that that product being built. Maybe, you know, somebody from the dispatch team that packages it up, you know, giving a kind of behind the scenes little glimpses, those kinds of things Mm. you could just do with a smartphone. You know, it doesn't need to be rocket science. So a little bit of advice around that, mine, in order to get the, the most out of it. Because a lot of the um, videos that you see online are pretty appalling. Um, but some really basic kind of tips, uh, you know, for a start, <sighs> this shouldn't need saying. And, and the fact that I have to say it is an indictment on our society today. But... You record video horizontally, right? <laughs> that means you have to turn the camera, the phone, right? You can do it. I've got confidence in you. So that's one the thing. The problem I'll say. with that, though, is that people 
quite a, if you're planning it then you'll do that but quite a lot of kind of funny videos or whatever that you see are people going oh i've got to quickly get this and they pick up their phone in portrait yeah. mode and just start yeah i like i, I understand i understand that and that's fine but the kind of things that we're talking about is maybe a bit more planned than that you know it's yes. using it's using your phone to to give you know glimpses behind what's going on with the company and that's really it's a really good thing to do that kind of stuff because it personalizes your brand right and people buy from people they don't mm. buy from well they do there is some brand loyalty but if you can expose the people behind your organization it tends to go down much better so these little kind of behind the scenes videos people lap them up they love them so yeah that that's one thing the other thing um the big mistake i see a lot of people making when they record stuff on their phone is they they move the phone around a lot right mm. so they'll kind of scan that you know back and forth and actually that's probably not the best way of doing it instead you know take, hold the camera still the the phone still um mm. and, and then the movement is what's going to be going on in the scene right um, and then instead of taking this kind of one thirty second clip, right? Instead, take two, three seconds, five seconds, something like that, and then afterwards, just kind of string all these different bits up together so it cuts between all these different little short clips. Make sense? Totally. Yes. Mm. Like, like making a proper film. Yeah, but just on a kind of smaller scale. Mm. You, you cut a lot. Because if you move mm. around, you just make people feel seasick. Mm. You know, it's like... Um, <laughs> keep an eye, on, keep on, an eye on your lighting as well. Um, I think it's very easy to kind of, um, you know, if it's a bit dark in the room, the, 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 the footage ends up looking a bit shit. So try and make sure the room's yeah. well lit. That's all. Well, one of the hardest things to do, though, I think, to get right. Yeah, and we'll get more into when we talk about the um, the longer form, better video. We'll talk a little bit more about lighting in a minute. But or, for the, for this kind of stuff, all you need to make sure is that you know you're in a reasonably well lit room. Just keep an eye on it. Um, the other thing I was going to say is audio. Um, when you're doing little things like this. Um, and, and you're kind of capturing moments, oftentimes um, the audio you'll get back is going to be a bit rubbish because the audio isn't always great on phones. Um, and especially if you're outside as well, then you get the, you know, the wind <laughs> kind of messing it as well. Yep. Um, so actually... I, I would try and take video with your phone that's not really using the audio, right? It's not the audio you're interested in. And then afterwards, either record a little bit of audio over the top of it or just post it without audio. That's kind of okay. Or put mm. twink, tinkly music behind it. Yeah, or death metal. Death metal. Absolutely. I mean, actually, there's... That was for Ian, by the way. Ian, I know he listens. Ian likes death metal. He does. <laughs> that really surprises me. He doesn't seem at all a weirdo. <laughs> He'll appreciate that, yeah. definitely. No, Ian's a, a metal maniac, if there's such a thing. So this is Ian, one of the developers at Headscape, Ian. I'm, Ian Luckcraft, yeah. He's not another another Ian that I don't know about. No, no. The, yes, Ian Luckcraft, developer at Headscape. Oh, okay. Fair enough. One and the same. I mean, you can get 
There is free, loads of free music you can get, and not all of it sucks. In fact, some, when you upload um, a, a video to something like YouTube, there's loads of music you can select as well. I know, I know all of this is very basic stuff, but I wanted to do, you know, stuff that makes it very easy for people to... Yeah, I'm thinking about our clients, Marcus, the kind of people we work for. They can do this kind of stuff. And it, mm. it just turns their social media stream from being, you know, full of press releases. Exactly, yes. We've got a new press release. Yeah, to something that's a bit more interesting. And, and there are people listening to this that, you know, they can get their clients doing this kind of stuff and their colleagues. Um, and then, you know, you can just string all these little bits of video together in, um, using any one, you know, do it on your phone using iMovie or whatever the Android equivalent is. But if all of that sounds like too much effort um, and you want maybe to do it a little bit better, um, check out a service like Fiverr. So that's Fiverr with two R's, of course. Um, So this is like a marketplace for freelancers that, that do all kinds of stuff from graphic design to audio and music. But they also do video and animation. Um, like, for example, that sketchy whiteboard animation you were talking about. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you could get people to do that or or um, something called ki- uh, kinetic typography, which is the, the typography that's moving around or 2D animation, any of that kind of stuff. And it's so cheap. It's so, so cheap. I mean, you know, some of the prices that I'm looking at here are, you know, £3.79. For a little video, I mean, it's not going to be great, but you know, if 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 you don't want to be doing it yourself, but haven't got much of a budget, that isn't a bad way of doing it. So, what do you get for your three pounds seventy nine then? Well, it just I mean, only something little. That's why I, you know, I'm but, using but it for you, social are you, media. Are you giving somebody a brief and they'll do something? Yeah, three seventy nine. Yeah, I don't agree with that. No, it's wrong. It, it does. I it the yes, it is wrong. Um, and I don't think generally it does the industry a lot of good, but it exists, mm. right? And I, I mean, you get what you pay for, don't get me wrong. But I, in good conscience, I can't say to clients, oh, you shouldn't use that when it's going to be good for their business. Or do you disagree? That's a tricky one, isn't it? But it's, I, can I mean, by the way, these prices are starting at three, yeah, yeah. you know, so they will go up. But you're still not talking about, you know, hundreds of pounds. The point, I mean, <clears throat> the point, I, the, this, it's a different discussion, but it's, it's, you know, how much is design and development worth? Mm. Like, and and it, it, you'd need both of those things to create an animated video. Yeah. Um and it's got to be worth more than that. So... Well, yeah, but you've got to remember what they're doing here is is it is a templated structure, right? Mm. So you take, for example, that kinetic typography. All effectively they're doing is taking that script, shoving it into a pre-built thing that they've got, and then outputting the result. Do you yeah, see what I, I mean? mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, it, it, this probably isn't the, the time or the place to discuss that because it's a different it's a different subject. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it I is mean, these sure. sites. These sites are certainly problematic, and they are 
um, commercialising um, or commoditizing, you know, these kinds of services. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, if you're an entrepreneur and if you're a business owner, I don't think you can afford to acknowledge, you know, ignore them. Because, you know, from a competitive point of view, you've got other people are out there that are using these kinds of services and producing something good at the end. But, see, this is the difference. This, I think, for me, I don't mind going off on a bit of a tangent. This, for me, sums up the difference between when I work for Headscape and when I now do what I do now, right? When I worked for Headscape, I would absolutely have taken your attitude, right? Because um, it damages the whole of the, the industry. Um, and it undermines uh, quality work, and mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. And it, all of those arguments still absolutely stand and are absolutely true. But now well, the, 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 you missed an important one, which is you could, and maybe this isn't. I'm not suggesting for a minute this is the case in the example you've given. But I can remember talking about I can't remember the name of the service, but there was one that basically it was like a kind of auction service for design my logo kind of thing. Yeah, um, and it was ninety nine designs. Bas- that's the one uh and basically you got stuff done for free mm. and it was effectively exploiting designers yeah um so and there might be a little bit of that in other sites like that so that's not a good thing and we should be avoiding doing that yes i mean that's that's a a, a different business model to this i feel right. um this is i'll be honest this is real bottom end of the market stuff all right, which is why I've associated it with the social media mm. videos rather than, you know, maybe the more quality stuff you want to get on to. Um, but I think there is still a place for this kind of bottom of the market stuff, you know, for, for people that can churn out this kind of stuff incredibly fast um, and turn it around very quickly. Um, you know, then fair enough. If you know, that's capitalism, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, there's another discussion. Yeah, I know. That's a whole other, <laughs> you know, that's a whole other um, uh, you know, uh, issue. Mm. But, it, you know, that's the reality. Anyway, whether you agree with it or not, it's a, it's a really there interesting conversation. All I'm saying is mm. there are tools out there um, that you can use to create it yourself. And there are people out there that will do this stuff very cheap or not. It's up to you, Mr. Business Owner, to decide whether you feel that that is appropriate for your business, um, whether you think it is ethical or not. And um, more importantly, whether you're okay with the quality that you're going to get back from that, because it's not going to be as good. Let's be honest. But I think for throwing it up on social media, I think maybe the quality isn't such a big issue. Anyway, let's have a little break. I think that's all I wanted to say on social. I'm going to get myself into such trouble over that Fiverr one. I know I am. <laughs> but, you know, from a client... You love to court controversy, don't you? <laughs> well, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't think of it until you said something. Um, because, you know, it's, it, I, it's the kind of thing I would, uh, would point clients at that don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Because it's better than doing nothing. Mm. But it is. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) For their business, it's better than doing nothing. Anyway. But I'm meant to be a glamorous assistant. Sorry, I'm forgetting myself. No, no, that's all right. You're allowed (laughs) opinions. Right, let's talk about our sponsor because we're already 30 minutes in and we haven't got past the first, to the first sponsor yet. Last week's one, I thought, oh, this one might be a bit, bit, um, they're getting shorter because it's just the two of us and it was like an hour and 15. No, it's getting worse. 
my wife is going ballistic at me because she transcribes <laughs> it. Anyway, oh, well. let's talk about our first sponsor, which is Resource Guru. So the year is coming to an end. Um, so it's time to make sure your team is up and running and ready to go for 2018. That is so depressing that we're talking like that already. Resource mm. Guru, you've just depressed me with your copy. Five weeks till Christmas Day. Oh. Today. Oh. So, New Year, are you going to have the capability to take on new clients? Have you got um, key members of, of your team going away on holiday over the, the Christmas break? Um, so you need to know all this kind of stuff. You've got to start the year in the right way. It's a perfect time to start getting more organized with your, um, you know, how you run your team, how you schedule things. And that's where Resource Guru comes in. It gives you accurate, up-to-date uh, view at the big picture of what's going on in your business, who's busy, who's available, who's away from work, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then when things change, which inevitably they do, you can just drag and drop things around um, in order to instantly update uh, the team um, and who's working on what. And they all get informed about that, obviously, as well. Um, so it means you can be a lot more confident about your projects um, and that they're on track and you've got the right resources to deliver them. It's used by a huge range of organizations, um, Apple, Sachi uh, & Sachi, NASA, um, Headscape. <laughs> that always makes me giggle, including Headscape in that list, but it makes me happy. So you can start your trial by going to resourceguru.io forward slash boagworld. And when you're ready to subscribe, simply use the coupon, coupon code BOAG2017 and you'll get 20% off the lifetime of the account. That is such a good deal. Anyway, let's, um, let's talk about... Okay, so we've talked about the kind of social media type of videos, but there are other videos that we produce as well, longer form videos maybe. Um, so the, the kind of two broad areas that, that I thought I'd quickly mention are the screencast type videos that Marcus mentioned earlier, yep. um, which are great for showing off product demos and that kind of stuff. And then interview style uh, videos, right, or, or presentational style videos. So it might be interviews with your customers and colleagues, or it might be talking heads, that kind of thing, right? Hmm. So let's do the screencast first. Um, I would suggest one of the big mistakes that I made for a long time um, with these kinds of videos is that, that I would tend to... Um, show the whole experience from beginning to end of whatever it is I'm demonstrating. And you could end up with quite long videos. Um, yeah. And I think we, you, I still have the tendency of doing that when I'm showing stuff to clients, um, mm. you know, that they end up being like 20 minutes long. And it's like, who's going to sit and watch a 20-minute long, you know, screencast? Yeah, I'm terrible for doing that as well. I've I've redone them so many times. I'm not too bad now because I'm aware of it. But yeah. yeah, you're rattling on about a new wireframe or something for 33 minutes. Yeah, it's not a good <laughs> sign, is it? Yeah. Um, one thing that helps with that is to write a script. Um, mm. Because, I, you know, and I never used to do this, ever. Um, but, of course, you waffle more when you don't have yeah. a script. So having a script makes a difference. Um I and then also breaking them down into um, now this doesn't apply so much to what the kind of screencast you do, Marcus. But if you're mm. demonstrating a product, 
you know, break it down into its different features and show off the different features as separate videos. Because often people don't want to see all of There's some features they're not interested in. So if they can just watch the bits that they want, that makes it a lot easier. So, I mean, really, I think you, you, want, you want each of those videos to be less than five minutes. People have got such short attention spans. Um, mm. in, in terms of tools, do you use ScreenFlow? Yes. Yeah, that's what I use as well. So that's a great Mac tool for doing this kind of thing. Actually, I've got to say, ScreenFlow you can use for a hell of a lot more than even Screencast these days. It's a good editor, full stop. Um, so check that out. Definitely worth doing. Um, Camtasia, I think, is the, the kind of equivalent on the PC. Um, another little tip that I would give relating to that is if you write, if this is something that's going on your website, it may well be worth getting a professional to do the audio for it, right? If you've got like a voiceover going, mm. um, because it, it's very easy to go very monotone and be very boring on these kinds of things. So there is um, there's a, a, a website for that. Um, called voices.com now to be honest you could get voiceover artists on fiverr but we're not allowed to mention them again <laughs> and anyway i'm presuming this is for something a little bit more important that you maybe want to spend more than a fiver on it um so um so voices.com uh is a great place and you get you can like post a job um, and then you'll get different people respond to it. But you can also go through and look at different artists and, and hear, um, you know, their, their, their accent or their presentation style, etc. And you can even look via, you know, age um, of the person, the kind of accent they've got. Obviously, you can pick different languages, people with experience in different areas like, you know, audio books or education or whatever else. So it's a really good place to source people to do the voiceover for your screencast or whatever else, really. So check that yeah, out. Really important. Um, oh, it's, it's well, I can remember years and years ago, we did a, a, an education-based site um, where there was going to be kind of little stories, historical stories. Yeah. And um, I, I, I think I remember at the time thinking, oh, I could do that. I've got a radio voice yeah. and all that kind of thing. Uh, and it, it just didn't work at all. And as soon as you hire a, a proper actor to yeah. do it or a voiceover artist to do it, the difference is immense. Yeah. These people are professionals and they, you know, they, it's it's what they do for a living. Therefore, you know, the, the difference in quality is massive. And yeah. it's highly, highly recommended. And that's going to be the real difference between using something like Voices.com and using someone who does voiceover on Fiverr, you know? Mm. Uh, the people that are doing, and no disrespect to them, but the people that are doing the, the Fiverr type stuff will be, you know, people like Marcus, who's a bit down on his luck and has got a reasonable voice, right? While the people on Voices.com are, you know, real professional voiceover artists. Mm, yeah. I, and it's not, oh, I suppose it, it's reasonably expensive, but it's not kind of... You know, if you've got, are you doing, if, if you've invested money in creating a decent video, then it's absolutely worth it. <clears throat> right. Um, which brings us on to this kind of interview type scenario. So this is where you've got people on camera. All right. Yeah. 
And I have learned a lot about this through um, painful mistakes. All right. So my my overall advice is get a grown up to do it um, <laughs> rather than doing it yourself. Um, but that said, if you've got somebody, if you've got people in house that have got a bit of an interest in this kind of thing, you can produce something half decent without, um, you know, without spending a fortune, right? Um, and this is kind of the overall thing that I wanted to, the kind of overall form of this 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 whole episode is, I wanted to get people starting trying to do video, right, and giving it a go. And and what you'll discover is that you you can produce stuff that's good enough to put out there, but you'll also realise your limitations and where you need to get in someone to do something a little bit proper, uh, you know, more you know professional. Mm. But if you can see the return on investment for doing a little bit of an amateurish interview with clients or customers, then you then you'll be able to justify spending some more money on it, if that makes sense. So how do you get started yourself for not too much money? Well, the first thing you'll need is a, a DSLR camera. All right. So mm-hmm. most people have got one already um, or know someone that's got one already that they can borrow and that will make a huge difference just doing that um so ideally try and get one that is um records at at 4k um but that's fine if you can't get that we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment but get the best dslr that you can secondly you're going to want a lapel mic all right now, you can get boom mics and all kinds of other stuff, but we're, we're keeping it simple for now, all right? Um, what you don't want to do is record straight off the mic from the camera because you'll sound like you're 100 miles away, okay? Yeah. Now, a lapel mic is going to cost you like £12. It's not very expensive by any means. Now, in a perfect world, you want to then plug that lapel mic straight into the DS- DSLR, all right? Now, not every um, DLSR, uh, DSLR has a input jack on it, right? So if you've got a choice, if you're talking about buying a DSLR, look for one that's got an input into it. Um, if you've got one that doesn't, then that's okay. What you can do is record separately to another device, right? So you can mm-hmm. plug it into a dictaphone or, you know, or into your computer or whatever else, right? Now, what you want to do, it's a it's stupid, simple trick, really, um, which is just as you start recording the video, you want to clap your hands, all right? And then what you can do is you can sync up that, that spike on the audio with the, um, the, uh, the motion of someone clapping their hands, all right? So you can edit those two together later. But you can see how it'll be a lot easier if it was all just in one video file, which is why it's good to get a, a mic in on your... On your um, camera yeah so we got that now in an ideal world you um would have two cameras okay so then you can shoot from two different angles okay um the reason that's useful is because if you're doing something like an interview with someone there's going to be a lot of rubbish that they'll say a lot of stuff you want to cut out right and so you you want to avoid 
if you've got two camera angles, then you can cut that stuff out without the video jumping and suddenly somebody moves from one position to another. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So ideally two cameras. There is a trick to avoid having to have two cameras because I don't have two cameras. Um, but I'll tell you that in just a minute. Before we get onto that, lighting. We were talking about lighting earlier. Okay, you want to spend just a little bit of money and get yourself two lights, okay? Um, you could buy them on Amazon um, really cheap. Just If you just Google on studio lights, you'll find loads there. Just get the cheapest one you can, all right? There's no need to spend a fortune to start off, all right? Um, and try and get a couple of those so that you can put one to the left of the subject, one to the right, um, and you, you, in fact, oftentimes you get two, you know, they, they sell them in, in packs of two. Um, so they're really, really simple to set up. And you have those behind the camera pointing at the subject. Yes. From either side. Okay. Now, um, it sometimes you, you, depending on how close the subject is to the wall behind, you can end up with shadows. So try and move the subject away from the wall a little bit to reduce the shadows. I mean, you can then get another light that backlights the, the wall behind and all that kind of stuff, but we're keeping things simple. All right. Another little tip is when you start recording, hold up a piece of white paper. <laughs> okay. um, you feel like a prat doing it. So you're holding up a white piece of paper in front of the Take camera. 47. Yeah. Now, the reason we're holding a white piece of paper up in front of the camera before uh, as we start recording is so that we can adjust the white balance when we edit at the end. Okay. I'll talk a little bit about editing in just a minute. Uh, now, I said about how you can kind of fake not having two cameras, and that's why you want a camera that records at the highest resolution you possibly can, okay? Because then what you can do is you can create two camera angles, kind of. So what you have is a, a zoomed out version and a zoomed in version. So let's say, for example, your final video is going to be saved out at 720p, which is a, a low resolution of um, HD. OK, yeah. then what you can do is you can have one that shows the whole screen. But because your video has been recorded at higher resolution, you can zoom in with no loss of quality. Does that make sense? It does. Yes, that's quite clever. It's that's a clever little trick, that, isn't it? Mm. I like that one. Um, and so it means that you can kind of you can cut between you can cut out all the crap basically. So I use that all the time without it jumping. Yeah, okay. exactly. Right. Um, the other thing that you could do partly to help with that problem and partly just to make the thing more interesting is to intercut your interview or your talking head or whatever else with other material. So it's not just someone sitting there talking the entire time. OK, so. That's where that website I mentioned, VidEasy, was it? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Vid great Easy. because you'll get just general B-roll, what I call B-roll footage, which is um, just kind of stuff that relates to whatever the person is talking about and you can kind of cut to. Um, the other thing that I sometimes do um, is if you're uh, interviewing a person at a particular venue – I, you, you take some footage of just the venue that you can cut in with. Or sometimes I'll take some extra um, footage of the person, just their, their hands gesticulating. 
or a pages of a book flipping if they've written a book that kind of thing anything that you can kind of insert in to make it a bit more interesting you can also use slides obviously if they've got you know if, if there's some kind of presentation involved you can cut to slides um, or animations or screencasts anything like that to make it a little bit um, easier the classic tele tele interview um the thing they cut to is the interviewer nodding yes and they'll normally do that after the interview so it's just like a uh, you know two minutes of them nodding it's hilarious to watch it being done yeah but great that's perfect isn't it Mm, yeah um so let's talk a little bit about editing um most of the editing you could do in something like screenflow all right because essentially all you're doing is chopping up bits and putting one after another all right yeah um I, however, do use now Final Cut Pro, which is the kind of grown-up tool, all right? And you might want to consider getting it. There's a couple of reasons why that's quite good. Um, uh, You can have multiple camera angles and easily switch between those um, multiple camera angles, um, which is great in terms of speeding up the editing process and changing things afterwards. Um, The other thing is that you can easily adjust the white balance with that bit of white paper that we held up. Um, yep. You basically crop in so it only shows the piece of white and then hit the balance color button and it makes that properly white and then you uncrop it and everything else is the correct color, mm. which is a really great little thing. It's also got some really good tools for fixing um, audio as well if you've got a little bit of a buzz going on in the audio. So it's a, it is worth investing in that if you, if you can. Um, the final little thing I wanted to say on this before we move on is um, if you're doing a presentation or some kind of speaking direct-to-camera work, um, you might want to consider a teleprompter, right? Um, and if, if you search on teleprompter, it's gonna, you know, they cost like thousands of pounds and it feels very over the top. Um, but I've got one. Um, that was considerably cheaper than that. Um, And basically, it's just a piece of glass at an angle. And then you put your laptop, not your laptop, your iPad under it. Okay. Right? And the iPad acts as the teleprompter. Um, And that that saved me so much effort, um, you know, in terms of uh, just getting, you know, things done in one take rather than 30 because I start waffling, you know? You, yeah, and without without it, I guess people are looking at something a bit of paper above the camera. Or yeah, I was it a, looks on. Yeah, I was just about to say that the other way of doing it is to put a laptop as tight in under the camera as you can, mm. um, and that will work as long as there is a big distance between the camera and the subject. Right. right. The further the camera is away from the subject, the less of the 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 eye line being off you will notice yeah. all right so okay. that that is the other way around it the other thing i would say if you've got a choice put a, a lens on the um the the camera that's got very short depth of field so the background is all nice fuzzy and out of focus because it, it tends to focus you a little bit more on the speaker i mean i could go on for ages on this but i think that's more than enough to get a lot of people started if you've got questions about it i'm happy to answer questions for this kind of stuff so drop me an email at paul at boagworld.com 
Okay, let's quickly talk about our second sponsor before we wrap up and talk about live video. So our second sponsor is Gather Content, um, who've supported the entire season, and I'm so appreciative of that. Um, It's a great tool as well. It's great for managing um, your content, whether it be for a website, app, social media, whatever. Um, So you can obviously write content in it. You can review that content. You can have an approval process in in place. Of course, you could even use it for video scripts as well. So it's totally applicable to what we're talking about today. It'll help you gather and manage all the different assets that go alongside that. So slides or pieces of video or whatever else, they can all go in there. You can review, edit, and discuss the content you're putting up um, uh, as well as obviously approve it as well. Um, and it, it will also make, just make sure that everybody knows what they're doing in terms of delivering content, you know, and you can agree on things like roles and responsibilities and all that kind of good stuff. It's a really cool tool. It, you really ought to check it out. Um, it's a 30 day free trial, no credit card required. Um, just go to gathercontent.com forward slash Boag world. All right. I just want to quickly, um, very, very quickly mention some live video. Right. People often don't think about doing live events, but actually, I think they're a really good way of engaging with your audience, whoever your audience is. So whether that be customers or um, or people that read your blog or people that follow you on social media, doing some live stuff um, is really interactive and it's a really great way of kind of uh, increasing the level of engagement with your audience. It's a tool that I absolutely recommend for all of this kind of stuff, and it's called Crowdcast. Um, Crowdcast um, is so good because it it scales well. In other words, you can have lots of people use it all simultaneously or watching you simultaneously. You can invite any of your audience members to actually come on camera or audio in order to join in the conversation. It allows um, questions, people to submit questions that you get you they can then vote up and vote down and things like that and so you're answering the things that people care most about you can run polls on it but most importantly all the sessions are recorded so even if someone doesn't turn up live they can um uh watch it afterwards so there's kind of two types of of live event that you might want to consider one is webinars and one are ask me anything sessions all right so a webinar um, is where someone comes along and you give a presentation, basically, uh, at a certain time. Um, make sure that you get people to sign up for that presentation before they come, because even if it's free, you get them to sign up anyway. And the reason is, is that um, a lot of people don't actually turn up for a live session. So you might have 3000 people sign sign up and say that they want to go but only a small proportion of those you know maybe 300 will actually turn up on the day um and that's absolutely fine because if you've got their sign up details you can then send them the presentation that is automatically recorded in screencast afterwards all right so it's a way of making sure that you you engage with the whole audience um so if you're doing that one tip I would give is if you're giving a presentation, don't just show your slides. Also show yourself. Try and appear on webcam as well because watching a slide is not very engaging. All right? So, yeah. But having a face and a person, that makes things loads better. Um, if you are going to be showing only slides for whatever reason, if the idea of appearing on camera completely freaks you out, 
um, then make sure those slides are changing very, very regularly, you know, less than a minute yeah. per slide. Um, I'd also say avoid any transitions or animations because those tend to jutter, you know, um, stutter when you're trying to stream mm. them live. Certainly no video. Um, and leave ample time at the end for questions and answers because really that's where the real value of doing a live event rather than the pre-recorded video comes in. Um, so that's – and talking of which, the other type of event you could do is a, an Ask Me Anything event, Right where people can come along and they can ask about your products and services. There's no presentation. It's all kind of just live and spontaneous. Um, if you're going to do that, and they're great fun to do, they're really enjoyable, um, but make sure you ask for questions beforehand as well as questions on the day so that you've got a nice set of pre-prepared questions up front. All right? Mm. Um, sorry, you going to say something, Marcus? No, I was just thinking out loud, yes, that without any questions, that could be a bit of a yeah. disaster. Yeah. I mean, you also never know whether people are going to have questions on the day. And so it's always good to have a few in your back pocket, even if you have to make them up yeah. um, and say, oh, we had questions submitted beforehand. Also, there might be some questions that you want asked. Um, so just pretend that they have been. Yes. Uh, Dave from... Portsmouth sent in this Yes. Question. We've yes. been known to do that on this show, haven't we? Once has or, to once be or said. twice. It, yeah. has, it has happened. Um, it's also, I think a lot of people are afraid of being tripped up or ask something difficult. It's perfectly valid to say, I don't know, but I'll come back to you over that. Um, nobody expects you to have all of the answers instantly on tap. You're not running to be president of the United States <laughs> or anything like that. All right. Although with the current president, well, yeah. That, yeah, that, that falls <laughs> down. Um, also, if there's anything that's – if somebody asks a really difficult question um, that's going to just derail everything, or if they ask a really specific question that applies only to them, suggest that you take it offline and that you'll talk to them afterwards about it and deal with their inquiry separately um, because it stops everything grinding to a halt. Um, and then the very last thing to say is it don't try and do it alone um, you know I've been I've done many of these sessions and even even after all this time of doing them I still find them really hard when I'm trying to answer questions while also trying to scan ahead and see what other questions people are submitting and work out which ones are good and and which ones to address next and all that kind of stuff so have someone who is effectively interviewing you and they're interviewing you using the questions submitted by the audience does that make sense so they're the ones looking through the questions and picking stuff out yeah totally so there you go there's a little i think there's some good stuff in there if i do say so myself i learned something today did you really, Marcus? I can't remember what it was. Oh, oh the white balance thing. Yeah, um, that was a good one. Something else as well. The cutting, gone, the though. cutting in and out. I bet was you, yes. when, when oh, you zoom in. And yes, out. yes, the yeah. different. Um, yeah, having this kind of zoomed in and out version. Yeah, yes, it's a good one. Cool. So next week we're gonna um, we're gonna talk mm. about uh, how to write in such a way to draw people in to the you know um, and and gauge with them, and uh, because the last two weeks has just been me waffling on a lot. Well, last week, it was the two of us waffling on a lot. More, more this week, it was just me. So um, I'm going to ask Ellen back next week hey. from Clear Left because I so enjoyed chatting with her last time. We're going to see if we can get her on the show. Um, she's just currently confirming 
that she can do it because she's got a big project. Who knew? People work for a living. I know. It's crazy. I know. So, Marcus, do you have a joke to wrap us up with? This one's from Drew McClellan, who we all know and love. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I heard a loud explosion followed by a grenade flying through the air. It was bang out of order. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is a good joke. I really like that one. Well done, Drew. You win. You win at the joke game. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, Good show. And we come in under an hour. Only just. Yeah, no. (laughs) uh, We we need to stop now because we've got one minute according to my counter. All right. I'll add the music. Don't. No, no. Don't. Don't. No music. (laughs) We haven't got time for it. We need to stop talking. All right. Thank you very much for uh, listening to this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something new. And join us again next week. Um, when we'll be talking about writing in a way to draw the reader in. Oh, my God.